Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions, an opportunity for you to get a seat at the table. We hear from Bill Hauser this morning, a marketing magician and CEO, and also the host of the largest legal industry talk show. Glenn Lundy believes that if you can change the way people start their day, it'll make a massive impact in their life. So let's pull up a seat and let's join in on Breakfast with Champions. Gonna hand it over, Bill. Good luck following that, brother. Hey, I was gonna say, like, if we could just bring that energy to our businesses and our wealth, I mean, it's pretty much inevitable that we'd all be wealthy. So, everyone, unmute. Let's do the tradition. Hey, 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 Hey! Hey! There you go! No! No! Can you hear me? Hallelujah! Hey, hey. Alright, guys. Um, so we're going to be talking about quite a few things. I'm actually going to start with... This is Wealth Wednesday, by the way. I don't do proper introductions to the, the W word. I dive right in. But we're talking about wealth, and this morning... I was looking up the definition of wealth, and the definition of wealth is an abundance of valuable possessions or money. And then it says in the dictionary, it says, he used his wealth to bribe officials. They're using the word wealth in a sentence. That's probably a, a bad, uh, bad way to use your wealth. But uh, nonetheless, the definition of wealth is an abundance of valuable possessions or money the state of being rich material prosperity plentiful supplies of a particular resource so think about this with me for a minute how do we build wealth in our lives how do we build wealth in relationships how do we build wealth in business and finances like how do we get into an abundance of resources is essentially what it means true or false it's like that's pretty much all it is is getting into an abundance of some form of resource an abundance of love an abundance of money an abundance of health well we get into an abundance through the process of investment investment and the closer the investment is to the payoff the smaller the payoff. We all know this. So for example, if I eat a chocolate cake right now, the payoff is I will immediately feel a sugar high. I will immediately feel like my hunger, you know, pangs have been filled. So the gap between me taking an action of eating a cake and feeling a sugar high is a small gap. Therefore, it's probably not a good decision. Right? However, me making a multi-year commitment to get my health in check and, you know, going to the gym and getting my diet in check, however, that has a long, long distance between the investment and the payoff. Learning business. Okay, if you grew up with a family like me where you know, my dad ran a paving company 
and you know never really broke the two million dollar mark you know some of you don't even have a family member who started a business so to you that's like a win but i'm competing against people in my industry i had a call with a guy yesterday uh well not yesterday with uh it was like last wednesday or last wednesday a guy who's doing 60 million dollars a year in his early 30s we had an hour and a half long call because we're both big in our industry and we just were talking shop and he's like yeah man all this comes pretty easy to me you know my dad's practically a billionaire and you know i was able to just learn from my dad and i was like well that's awesome i i've already surpassed the you know my entire family's combined revenue in generations with my business so i have no more role i ran out of role models business-wise in my family right so he asked me a question his name's jacob jacob malherby he's very successful he runs this company called x social and so jacob goes bill you know i, I watch your talk show i see you interview all these people he's like why do you do that he's like i, I just i i've never tuned in once you know you do you've done this show every week for 70 weeks you've had like you know these these quote unquote big names as other people see them but i've never tuned in once i'm, I'm curious like why why do you interview all these people why do you and it was it hit me like a ton of bricks i was like you know what it's because i'm searching for a business father figure i'm searching for a mentor because i don't have any mentors left in my family that can show me how to go from where i'm currently at to where i want to go in business i'm not talking about relationships or faith I'm talking about tactical how-to plans, ran out, need to find other mentors. And he was like, he looked me in the eye and he was like, damn, Bill, that makes sense. Because I, I don't need to seek those mentors. I just call my dad. He's already built up to the billion dollar mark, so I can ask him any question I ever have about growing my business. Now, let me get some mic flashes if you don't have a billionaire father or mother or family member. Let me see how many of you don't have a billionaire as a family member. Looks like Tamara, Joy, TM, Dr. Janie, Justin, Mario. Okay, we got Tony, we got Jeff, we got Monica, we got Dora. Okay, we got Manny, we got Michael, we got the billionaire S. Okay, not even the billionaire S has a billionaire daddy. Okay. That's because I'm going to be the first one, Bill. I love that. I love that. So, like, this is why we must find mentors, right? So, think about this. The definition of wealth is an abundance of valuable possessions or money. The best way to learn how to get into an abundance of valuable possessions or money is to learn from someone else who has already gotten into an abundance of valuable possessions or money. True or false? It's pretty simple. It's we got you know, we can try it on our own. It's probably a lot easier to find those answers though from someone who's already been there. So the next thing I looked up was what are the steps to wealth? And I literally I literally laughed this morning when I read this out loud. My wife Emily was like <laughs> like what are you laughing at this early in the morning? And I just started dying laughing. And here's what it said. It was it was an article from Forbes said seven foolproof steps for building wealth. It said, 
Step one, create a spending plan. Step two, spend wisely. Step three, pay off high interest debt. Step four, create an emergency fund. Okay, now notice this. The first four of the seven steps I'm reading all have to do with defense. So I'll repeat them again. Create a spending plan. Spend wisely. Pay off high interest debt. Create an emergency fund. How many of you think that following those steps, you're guaranteed to get rich? <laughs> That's why I laughed. It's such, it's so wrong. It's not even like, it's not even something to process. Create a spending, like what, what? Create a spending plan if you already have no money? Are you kidding me? Step one is what they listed as step five. Earn more money, okay? That should be step one on my list. Step six, they said, is invest. And then step seven is protect your assets with insurance. If there's two steps on this list that we all need to get right, it's step five and six on this list, which should be step one and two on your list. Earn more money and invest. Invest in yourself, invest in relationships, invest in your business, invest in your dream, invest in your faith, invest in your future. Earn more money and invest. Earn more money and invest. Earn more money and invest. Then you have the privilege of being able to create a spending plan. You can't save your way to wealth. Yeah, there's like the story of that Tony Robbins uses about the 401k, you know, the guy who worked at the post office and saved X dollars per year and it compounded. And then he woke up at age 70 and was a multimillionaire. Oh my gosh. How did he live his life up until age 70 though, is my question. Does anyone want to wake up at age 70 being a millionaire? What, what happened to the other 69.9 years? What happened to thriving throughout your life? Not with some false finish line. Not where some, some retirement finish line is like the, the holy grail, the mecca of your success. I want to enjoy life now. Who here wants to enjoy life now? Anyone? Let me see some mic flashes. Anyone want to yeah. enjoy life now? Pick me. Yeah. Like, let's get rich now. Okay. And then let's learn how to save money. Because <laughs> it's not that hard, guys. Like, it's not that hard. Okay. Glenn, Glenn is a very humble guy. Glenn has figured out this game, guys. Okay, we have myths in our head. We have myths in our head that if you make a lot of money, you're a bad person. Anyone here think Glenn's a bad person? Well, newsflash, Glenn makes a lot of money, guys. Okay? <laughs> He's probably one of the most positive, empowering, inspiring humans I've ever met in my life. I make a, Don't be talking about my money, Bill. Don't be telling them all the money I'll be making. Come on, man. See? See? Even he's like, oh, my gosh. The brand, the brand, right? We all feel that way. How many of you think Glenn is a role model? How many of you would feel less secure following Glenn if he was broke, inspiring us? 
Anyone? Let me get a mic flash. Would anyone, if, if Glenn was completely broke, that would kind of add to the equation of like, wait a second. What? He's, he's got a well-balanced life, guys. And I'm not, I'm not calling out Glenn right now. I'm calling out all of us on this stage that it's important to get this right. It's really important. It's actually like one of the top things to get right. So let's talk about this real quick. Let's talk about this. One of the top traits, okay, this is the, this is the, the foolproof way to build wealth. Number one, earn more money. How do we earn more money? We double down on what works. We don't chase shiny objects. We all know this, right? We're not going to go and chase the next hot thing. We have to double down on what works. There's two traits. Harvard Business Review did a study that they found all of the most successful CEOs have in common. Number one, focus. Number two, decisiveness. Number one, focus. Number two, decisiveness. Focus comes after decisiveness, as they found. Now, in this Harvard Review study that they did, they found that the most successful CEOs, they decide with speed and conviction. So, there's a myth that the most successful people on earth, they make the right decisions all the time, right? There's the stories that we kind of make up where this, this, this leader, this person who wants to become wealthy, this person who wants to become successful comes up with this Einstein level plan, this, this perfect plan, and then just takes over the world. Well, actually they found the most wealthy people on this planet, they realize that a wrong decision is better than no decision at all. I'll say that again. A wrong decision is better than no decision at all. Think about this. So the most successful people on earth Okay, are actually lower in IQ. In this study, they found that the higher an IQ someone is, the less likely they are to be wealthy. Okay, so they, they wrote here in this article, the people who relish intellectual complexity sometimes struggle the most with success while the quality of their decisions is often good if they're more intelligent, because of their pursuit of the perfect answer, they take too long to make choices or set clear priorities, and the people around them pay a high price. These smart but slow decision makers become bottlenecks in their lives, and those around them grow frustrated or become overcautious, stalling the empire they're trying to build. Ooh. On a rating of some of the most successful people in this study, they found that only 6% of people who were rated 
as bad CEOs or bad, you know, not a good fit for building long lasting success in this study, only 6% received low marks for making decisions too quickly. 94% scored low marks because they decided too little too late. Let me get some mic flashes if this is kind of resonating with you. If you need to make a decision. Yes, Bill. Yes. Very much so, Bill. Yes. Yes. Big time. Okay. Once we make a decision, what happens? You have to act. Exactly. We have to act. And then the next step after acting is persistence focus. So what typically happens, it's the whole uh, three feet from gold phenomenon, right? Sharon Lecter has been on this stage many times. Human tendency is to go and seek another shiny object, another greener pasture. Well, the most successful people on earth are able to stick through with their decisions more than anyone else. So what they found in here is the most wealthy people in this study, the most successful over the long term. Okay, this is what they said. One, one of the CEOs was interviewed and, and was asked, um, what do you think uh, it makes you successful around decisiveness? Decisive CEOs recognize that they can't wait for the perfect information. He said, once I have 65% certainty around the answer, I have to make a call. Okay. So the next thing that happens is after a call is made, the highest performing wealthiest people in this study, they press ahead without wavering. Employees and other uh, other people in the circle of this uh, of the people in the study will quickly lose faith in a leader who waffles or backtracks once a decision is made. And if decisions don't turn out well, our analysis suggests that while everybody makes mistakes, most of them are not lethal. We found that among the most successful people, okay. Only one third lost their jobs because they made bad calls. The rest were ousted for being indecisive. So I, I say this again, it's not just about making a decision and then changing your mind on the decision. It's more so about once the decision is made, burning all the boats, burning the bridges, right? The next step is engaging for impact. Okay, the most successful people in this Harvard study, they are able to form something that's called buy-in. They're able to get everyone around them clapping for their path, clapping for this decision, supporting the decision. So the next step is not this brute force individuality, you know, let me pound my chest to the to the sky and and just brave my own way through this. 
it's actually, okay, great. The decision's been made. I'm willing to stick through with this decision. Now I'm going to tell in a polite way, the most important around me, the most important people around me, this is the decision. This is the new way of life. And I need your support. They call this engaging for impact. The most successful people are able to engage for impact. And this is the outcome of engaging for impact is buy-in. It's having complete frictionless buy-in from the most important around you in your life, for the most important people around you in your life. Now, a very interesting piece of this study also said that when forming buy-in, like if you want to make a change in your life and you want to get everyone supporting you for that change, they start by first identifying an astute understanding of their stakeholders' needs and motivations. Meaning, they find the people around them and they start from a place of what they want, what they need. And then they fit in their decision to what the people around them want and need. And they use an example in here about how it would create a map. Some of the most successful people would actually create a map of everyone that is going to be involved in this decision. And then doing a, a round of one-on-one -on -one phone calls to everyone who's going to be involved in this decision. The next thing is adapting proactively. So there's this future vision component. There's this, there's this proactive looking around of corners. There's this, I can, I can, I can predict what's going to happen. Mark Zuckerberg was famous for this when he made the decision at Facebook to make them a mobile first app. If you've read about this in other startup books, it's really fascinating. Mark Zuckerberg found, he read studies and he gained, he gained a gut feeling, which we're gonna talk about next, the science of gut feelings and how important gut feelings are. Mark Zuckerberg found the world is going mobile. Now, he could have just politely said to one of his developers, hey, I really think we should focus on mobile devices. Hey, I really think we should become mobile first. Hey, I really think we should. Oh, I'm busy. No, 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 no. Mark Zuckerberg pounded his chest and repeated every single day in every single meeting. I've decided we are a mobile first app what is our status update? What is our status update? What is our status update? Are we mobile first? Are we mobile first? Are we mobile first? Are we mobile first? For literally over a year, would not shut up about mobile first. Literally became the most important pivot in Facebook's existence. That's called adapting proactively. So I wanted to talk to everyone about the science 
of gut. The science of gut feeling. You know your life better than anyone else. A lot of people, because we're in a self-help society, we're in a society where there's more information at our fingertips than has ever been available before in human history, we are seeking external approval. If you intend to make faster decisions in your life and be more decisive, we have to trust our gut. Now, a lot of people mistake gut feeling. They think it's overly emotional, not backed in data. You know, I should seek more advice from experts. I should do more research on this. I should look into it more. I should talk to a friend. Most times, remember this, the human mechanism machine is just that. It is designed to protect you. It's designed to protect your happiness, secondary to your survival. But if your happiness is completely compromised, eventually your body's gonna say, I give up, something else needs to happen. I think happiness is required for survival. <clears throat> we can withstand it for a year or two, science shows. We can't, we can't withstand it for our entire lives though. Some, some, a foot's gotta be put down at some point, right? But gut feeling is actually not what you think it is. It's not subjective and mushy. Gut feeling is actually, there's enzymes in your stomach that actually are wired from your brain. So every conversation you've ever had in your life, every bright person you've ever met with, every not so bright person you've met with, every book you've read, every piece of news you've consumed, everything that you've reflected on personally in your life all materialize in actually a gut feeling. So when we talk about the key to success, the number one habit is decisiveness and then focus. Decisiveness is fast decisions, 80% plus of the time should be coming from gut right? It's, it's you trusting your gut. It's, it's more getting out of your own way to trust your gut than it is reading another book on the topic. True or false? We all know this. We just don't trust it because oh, we can just open up YouTube and we can just watch another video, pretend as though we're motivating ourselves or inspiring ourselves. The answer's already there though. So I wanna talk to us about how do we trust our gut so we can go way faster in our lives. Well, I've personally found the best way to do that is through meditation. So, Let's talk about this really quick. Trusting your gut 
is actually one of the keys to your success, but yet trusting it is hard. Why is it hard? Because we all want to numb ourselves out. Okay. The tendency is to not face the hard questions in our lives. So what happens? We get into aimless conversations after we're done with the workday. Maybe we watch TV for hours and hours and hours sitting on our sofa. Maybe we browse through TikTok. Maybe we browse through Facebook. Maybe we aimlessly watch YouTube videos labeling it in our head as education. But really, it's just another rah-rah motivational video. All of this is blocking. All of this is blockage to your truth in a lot of cases. So meditation enters your life when you're ready to face the hard questions. Am I in the right relationships? Okay. Am I respecting myself? Am I being compassionate towards myself? One of the top questions I like to ask myself when I'm meditating is what do I need to be more compassionate about myself about? What am I being super critical towards myself about right now? I could have, I could have just, I could have treated this person better in that conversation. Thought pops up. You have two choices when a thought pops up. You can live in the thought or you can live on the thought. You can live in the thought or you can live on the thought. It's elevation. So what I do when I meditate, and this is just my own practice that I've cultivated, and I've been doing this for over five years now, is when I first started meditating, I thought it was a complete waste of time. I didn't really see the impact on meditation. And I found the reason I was not seeing an impact is because I was fighting my thoughts. I thought meditation was a continuation of my self-development obsession, my how-to obsession learning more stuff from books, learning more stuff from mentors. I had it wrong. And I remember it all came when I literally couldn't sleep for a week. It all, and it was the greatest gift that ever happened to me, was a feeling of insomnia. It took me a while to accept it but I just was not able to sleep. And this was a couple years ago and it was the greatest gift the universe ever gave me. Cause it taught me that like meditating in and of itself is really just a, it's just a task. If you treat it like a task, it'll become a task. So this was a wake up call for me. And I realized I had to step back and realize why am I getting wired up before I go to sleep? And it was just a very, very simple habit pattern that I had to allow to be simple. I was making it more complicated than it was. See, the body works like this. A thought produces an emotion most times. 80, 90% plus of the time, a thought will precede an emotion. 
Okay. So then once I learned that and I was having trouble sleeping, I was like, Hmm, wonder, what thoughts do I have in my head right now? And I realized it was just, it was just my brain wiring. I was just getting jacked up before bed because I had one bad night of sleep. It was actually on a flight I took. I had one bad night of sleep. And I, my brain misinterpreted that one bad night of sleep as I think I have insomnia. Well, that was the wrong interpretation. I actually had a bad night of sleep because I was flying out super early. It threw off my sleep schedule and we had all this crazy sh stuff happen the day after we flew in and it was just an event that I was labeling as a character defect. So I stepped back and I said, wow, how powerful is the human brain? That one event, my brain, because it's trying to protect myself, it's trying to protect my body. Wow, my brain created this entire protection response And I started becoming grateful for my troubles with sleep. I said, wow, man, I'm so grateful to have a body that's trying to protect me. And I started chuckling at my thoughts and going, <laughs> that's funny. You know, four nights, five nights into this, I started thinking to myself, oh, wow, it looks like I'm nervous about going to sleep now. <laughs> That's funny. That doesn't make any sense. I just started gently chuckling at my inappropriate out there thoughts. And over the course of a few weeks, my body was like, wait a second. This dude's not stressed out about these worrisome thoughts anymore. And it all floated away. I realized, wow, I've had meditation wrong for like three years. It's not about changing your thoughts. It's about chuckling at the ones that, that aren't really useful. Don't really serve you. Just a soft chuckle. And it's also about the ones you're passionate about and that you're excited about. Just looking at them and going, man, that's, that's cool. You know, that, that I look, I feel pretty excited about that. I'd love to look into this a little bit more. It's just, it's just a gentle awareness towards negative thoughts, towards positive thoughts, but the key is non-judgment, right? The key is, as soon as you start saying bad thought, good thought, or worse of all, I am type thoughts, that's, that's where you start creating identities. As Eckhart Tolle says, as soon as we can just go, ah, I've seen that one before. I've seen that one before. Oh, wow. We're able to then be aware of our thoughts. Now, where do thoughts come from? Well, thoughts most times, okay, but now there's tons of science researchers. Nobody really knows where a thought comes from. The best answer I've ever received is it's a combination of experiences, knowledge, 
and language. This is why neuro-linguistic programming became so popular five, 10 years ago is because we found, wow, we can actually control our thoughts and control our feelings by controlling our language patterns. Because we, we can actually augment our past experiences in education by applying different language patterns to them. For example, the thought of, I have to do something versus I get to do something. Very subtle wording uh, that we've created in our company of the difference between saying good morning and great morning. Okay, I would like, you know, we have a lot of law firms that we coach and they'll say, I'd like to do $2 million this year. I'd really like to do two to 2.2. I always just chuck them like, do you think that's a goal? That's a wish. Changing the words I'd like to do to I will do, or even better, as Brian Tracy found in his book goals, I make 2 million, present tense. These things have a big impact. But awareness is the missing step. And awareness is gained through meditation. So there's two times to meditate, I believe. Morning and evening. Those are the two ideal times I've found and I've you know, consulted with other people on this. I've personally found morning and evening is usually the best. Morning is where you're gonna see your unfiltered, like deeper thoughts, your recurring thoughts. Evening is where you actually are going to see the thoughts of your day, things that went wrong, things you're stressed about, things from work. It's going to be more situational in evening meditation. Now, what's really powerful is meditation does not need to be 30 minutes long. I tested this. I did 30 minute long meditations for an entire year. Now I do 11 minute and 30 second meditations. I'm getting better results on 11 minute, 30 seconds than I ever got on 30 minutes. So again, it's not, it's not more time. It's the quality of time that you spend evening. What's evening. I mean, it's, it's it, whatever works for you, but literally last night, my, my evening meditation was I went to a park. I sat on a bench. I listened to the crickets. I smiled. I had some thoughts pop up smiled at them, took some deep, deep breaths, felt the wind go in my nostrils, out my nostrils, the end. It was probably seven minutes. I literally felt completely, completely different human being. Seven minutes. We can identify our fears. Right? We can identify like where, where are we operating out of fear in our lives? For me, it always comes down to like immediate sales. That's like my, my kryptonite is like, we got to get immediate sales. We got to get immediate sales. And I'll go focus on that for 60 days and nothing great has been built. 
just immediate tasks. What is that for you? So sometimes we have to slow down to go faster. So it's one thing to operate with the 10X rule. As one of my prior sessions, we talked about the difference, the balance between the 10X rule and 80-20 thinking. The 10X rule has a shelf life though. It has a shelf life where at some point you need to, you know, ten, you know, if for those of you who don't know what 10X rule is, it's a book by Grant Cardone that basically says we have to 10X our actions and 10X our thinking concurrently. Meaning we have to 10X our output, the amount of work we do, and we have to, com we have to combine that with 10X thinking so that our goals are 10 times bigger than we ever imagined. What I found, and you know, this is what I found, I'm not saying this is like, you know, the only way, is that the 10X rule at some point, you have to press the brakes and say, am I climbing the right ladder? There's that whole thing, there's two ladders up against uh, a building, right? You can just go 10X climbing the ladder that's going up the wrong building. So a higher value question would be, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm climbing the wrong ladder, the, the hard question that you're not going to, you're not going to face if you just grind for another 10 years is, am I, am I climbing up the right ladder? Okay. The next question to ask is, do I need to even climb a ladder? I mean, helicopters exist now. There's other tools. Do I have to manually climb a ladder? Okay, next would be like, do I need gloves? Do I need to wear gloves for the next ladder that I climb if I say yes to climbing a ladder? Who do I need on my team to help me climb this? Right, these are, these are hard questions that require you to press the brakes for a millisecond, right? So, in summary, the most successful people that can make decisions, they can get buy-in, and they can adapt proactively like Mark Zuckerberg did when he went all mobile. The fourth trait they found in this study is delivering reliably. Reliability. Wealth is seduced by reliability. If you want, this is Wealth Wednesday, guys. If you want to be wealthy, you better, you better be reliable. You better keep your promises. You better keep your word on the important things. So in our sample, the wealthiest people who scored high on reliability were twice as likely to reach their goals. So it's not enough to say that, well, you don't get it. I'm creative. I'm a creative. I'm a visionary. I'm disorganized. 
I'm, you know, I can just run around in circles all day because that's who I am. Well, you better work on that <laughs> because the science shows the chances of you becoming wealthy in any area of your life, in relationships and faith and business. Again, we're talking about all areas of life. If you're unreliable, you better work on that. Now, I believe reliability is a two-year habit. So what we found in our company is if someone is unreliable, if someone is not able to deliver on promises made, we have to let them go. Why? Because we just currently, the size of our company, like we can't support someone's personal growth journey for two years for them to become reliable. And I can't also can't bet that they want to become reliable. So we let go of people who are, who are unreliable fast. But for you, are you willing to go through a two year journey of reliability? Can you actually say, I'm going to work out seven days this week and actually deliver on that? I will do a show every morning at 5.30 a.m. for two years. <laughs> I can honestly say I can commit to that. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Glenn has proven to us his reliability. Let me get some mic flashes if Glenn has proven his reliability to us as is has he? Oh, okay, okay. Half of the people on stage. Okay, making sure everyone's awake. Okay, I see everyone. I see everyone. Okay, I think he's. I think he's way beyond proven. By the way, for that reason, I want Glenn to be wealthy. How many here wants Glenn to be wealthy? I know he doesn't want me to talk about this, but does anyone here want Glenn? I just sent Glenn some money before. Yeah, let's all send Glenn some money right now. I need, I need Glenn to be wealthy. <laughs> yeah, see. All right. right. <laughs> Y'all are crazy. All right, I'm sending Glenn some money. I, mean, I, need, I need you to be loaded, loaded, like stupid loaded, Glenn. <laughs> Dude, I, I need him to be rich, Grant. Rich! Yo, how All rich right, are come you? Come on, bring it. Yo, how rich are you right now, Grant? I want Glenn to be at least that and more. Damn. We'll receive Yo, that. I will Amen. receive that. And you know, in Grant, every I way, by the way, every way. Not, not just, you know, like I'm down here in Houston right now. I had a a guy from Ethiopia come up to me and say, man, I've been following your stuff. You have helped me so much. I had a guy on the streets of Montrose in Houston uh, come up to me yesterday. He says, black dude, about 35, 40 years old. Hey, I was in prison, got out. Your video saved my life, man. It made, let me get back in the game. A 50-year-old banker, uh, the same night, I come out of my hotel room. He's getting on the elevator. I'm getting off of it. Oh, man, I can't believe, man. 50 years old, white dude. Rich, rich as can get. Tells me he's got $20 million in the bank. He came from a wealthy family. 
him and his family follow me online. Like that's wealth too, right? But but let's not get confused here, okay? Friends are great and, and admiration's phenomenal, but I want Glenn to have the money, the bank, and all that other stuff too, because he's got it. Because Glenn's such a lovable guy, and everybody likes him. Thank you, G. I appreciate that, man. I really appreciate that. <laughs> you guys are making making a black man blush over here right now. <laughs> and, and you deserve it, man. You deserve it. You deserve. Everybody deserves to have to stay at the nicest hotel when you go travel someplace. You know. To, to have the nice automobiles that are dependable and to, you know, I'm waking up this morning, man. I'm so sad that New York's enforcing this vaccine for gyms and restaurants because it's going to hurt people. And, you know, you, 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 at that point, money doesn't help. Like, right. You, you, you need influence to change the laws to make sure people are doing the right thing. But it just saddens me. And I know some of you could probably disagree with me. It saddens me to see a city being choked off like this and people being forced to do something maybe they don't want to do in order to, to do business, in order to go to a gym or a restaurant. But it's just sad. just shows you the limitations on, 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 that, that we all have at some point. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I like that you pointed out the difference, the difference in relational wealth and, uh, and wealth in capital. Yo, what's that number though, Grant? Has that changed for you? I, I remember you in one interview, you said it's like, I think you said it's like 20 million. You or Brandon said it. Is 20 million in the bank wealth? Or is it like the continuity uh, of the assets? I mean, I think it's different for everybody. Like, like it, it's a bad conversation to have, Bill, just because if I say it, the number's 20 million, everybody's like, ah, oh, he, he's out of touch. But, and, and then you got to define what wealth is. Like, what, what does it even mean, right? Like, is it money? Is it, is it assets? Is it income? Is it cash flow? Is it net worth? Is it, I, look, I know some people that are rich that are like, I would never, ever take their money because they're so miserable. So I, think I, Bill, you know, I knew, yeah. I think Bill did a good job of, he actually defined it right at the beginning. Bill, do you want to give that definition of wealth yeah, again? Yeah, I, I looked it up this morning. I'm, I'm a definition junkie like you, Grant. So uh, said an abundance of valuable possessions or money, the state of being rich, material prosperity, plentiful supplies of a particular resource. Go, go right. to the derivation. Go to where the word came from, Bill. Keep going down on the, on the definition. Okay, it looks archaic. To the origin. Origin. Yeah, okay, there you go. Okay, Middle English, wealthy, wheel, health. Well, well, that's really well. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, okay. That, that, that archaic, it came from the word well. To be, to be well, you're wealthy, well. So when I see that, I'm like, oh, I'm well. I have opportunities. I have my health is there, right? I have friendships because you don't want to just have a bunch of money and everybody looks at you and hates your guns. So, Bill, it's great, great information you're sharing this morning. Very inspirational. And I just go back to Glenn. I want Glenn to be a billionaire, at least a billionaire, twice. That's awesome, G. That's awesome. We're pulling Thank for you, Glenn. So I'll you. change, I change your number that. from. Change your name from Glenn to Billy, Billy Lundy. 
<laughs> Billy Lundy. Grant, I got to ask you this question because I I try to remember because I've obviously been following you for 20 plus years now. And sometimes like you're my target, right? You're one of my go- like as far as goals. And so I look at myself at 43 versus Grant at 43. So when you were 43, where would you say you were on the like on the on the income scale and on the influence scale at 43? Yeah, so 43, let's see, man. Where would I have been? I would have been God, I was just thinking yesterday how how you know, you work your butt off your whole life to get somewhere. And then by the time you get it, you're like, dang, man, party's almost over. Um, 43, I would have probably been making, my income was probably you know, a couple million bucks a year. Probably, you know, not, 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 not nothing. And, and, and questionable, by the way, it, it was not, it was all dependent upon me. So I might have been making two million dollars a year, and then I probably had forty-three years old. I think I had twenty. Let's see, had I don't know, maybe at six hundred apartments, six hundred units. That was cool, but it was a tough time too. I was we were we were either going into or coming out of two thousand eight. I only had one really one flow of income, which was the the automotive thing, and I hated it. I knew it was I knew it was over long before I walked away from it or, you know, at least uh, diversified from it. Um, so, yeah, dude, like like all my growth, I mean, has really been in the last 12 or 15 years. So if, from the age of 50, what am I, 63? Yeah, from really 48, dude, I exploded between 48 years old and um uh, today like that that's been the explosion it wasn't the first 20 years now the first 20 years i did do some things that bill was talking about you know i've always been reliable i love that i I never hear people cover that word enough like i do my daughter asked me she's like papa what's your superpower i said i do what i say i'm gonna do that is my superpower anybody can have it by the way and and if i tell you i'm gonna do something i'm gonna do it period i don't don't mean oh i'm gonna meet you at six o'clock and i'm there i'm talking about I'm going to fill the damn Marlin Stadium up. So, like, I do that stuff because I need to know I did it. Not not for the public. I have to know when I go to sleep, I achieved the target. And I'm terrified that I'm not. And if you do that, guys, everybody here does that. I mean, I don't know how many of you, you know. I looked at my network the other day. I got to tell you, I was, like, shocked. I was like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe this is happening. And, and. You know, it's been a hard ride, but I'm telling you, it's like if you put in the work, do all the stuff, not just pieces. Influence. Glenn, I, I didn't have any influence. Nobody knew me 15 years ago. I, I wouldn't go into a hotel and somebody would say, hey, how you doing, man? Great to see you in Houston. Like never would happen. Um, I didn't. There was no social media. There was no really there was really no way to have influence unless you had a TV show. So. And see, Glenn, I, Glenn, I'm a target for you because you know if I can do it, anybody can do it. Because you know me, you know I'm not some special. Any more than we're all special, I'm not some. I don't have some special set of gifts.
you, know, you as a real deal human being, man. That 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 just freaking grinded, man. <laughs> I've seen you grind from the beginning, but that's it's so inspiring to know, you know, for everyone in the room, listen to what Grant just said. You know, it really hit when he was 48 after doing all the things, getting really, really clear on what direction to go, being reliable, showing up, putting in the work, training, learning, studying, and then look how fast and how far you can go in just 15 years, man. In just 15 years, it's it's insane. So thank you for sharing that with me, Grant, because I do. I try to measure where I'm now versus where you were. And of course, I want to be a little bit ahead of where he was, you know, at the same, same age. And I'm close. I'm getting close, man. But I'm, I'm coming after you. I'm coming after you. So I appreciate you continuing to carve that path. You've just made it a little bit easier for, for me is what you've done by you know, you went through with the uh, with the machete. You're like the guy in the in the African safari cutting down limbs and trees. And yeah, I'm still getting some scrapes and stuff along the way. But you you you've made it easier for me, and I believe I can get there faster and with less scrapes and bruises. You know, just by learning by your examples. So I appreciate that, and and 100% your humanity and the fact that you are human. You're not some superstar or any anything like that. Definitely makes makes it realistic in my mind, if that makes sense, that if G can do it, I can do it. And if I can do it, any of y'all can do it. Who are we passing this to? Oh, this I thought I, I was like, whatever. Yeah, we're headed, we're headed over to Brio. Oh man, I'm ready for this. Is everyone ready? Let me get some mic flashes. You guys ready for Brielle? Let's, Let's go. go. I'm never ready. Good job, Bill. Coming to the stage, Brielle, Brielle, Brielle. You guys not ready for this. You're not ready for this. <laughs> Bill, that was really a powerful segment. That was man. amazing, I Bill. You, you're, and I think the best part Excellent, about Bill's segments, I think the best part about Bill's segments is you can hear him just like walking through a park or something. You're just like walking, sharing your stuff. I'm like, damn, dude, this dude Bill's on it. I love it. Yes, sir. Only for you, Glenn. Well, I definitely appreciate it. And we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and reset. This is Breakfast with Jam. Opportunity to get a seat at the table to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We're here Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time bringing you motivation, education, and inspiration. We're also here on Saturdays from 6 to noon, giving you an opportunity to be a fly on the wall or maybe ask a question from some of these amazing superhumans from all around the globe. Don't forget our Sunday service, Club 111 on Sundays. That's at 111 p.m. Eastern. That's our full-on worship service and prayer and a sermon. If that's your jam, we would love to have you on Sundays at Club 111. And of course, you can just follow our club up there in the top right hand corner of your screen and you'll get notifications on any and all of these rooms as they pop off. Right, right. Take a minute. Go ahead and hit the plus sign bottom right hand corner of your screen. We're just getting rocking and rolling here for the day. We've got uh, I don't see Brielle at the moment, but we've got Brielle who's going to be joining us. We have uh, David Spizak that's going to be here a little bit later. Uh, it's just Wealthy Wednesday, man. We're talking about how do you build wealth, right? An abundance of resources 
wealth in love, wealth in faith, wealth in your fitness, wealth in the areas of finances and friends, all of those different things, right? Wealth means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So we're talking about that today. So hit the plus sign, invite some of your friends to come join us. We would greatly appreciate it. And then of course, make sure you connect with other people that are in this room. We are all of different minds, but we share the same heart, right? This is a heart for elevating each other as well as elevating ourselves. So stinking excited about that. Uh, Grant, I don't see uh, Brielle back. I, I locked down the venue yesterday for our event, November 5th, 4th, 5th, and 6th, where we're going to pack a 1,000 people into the room here in Lexington, Kentucky. Just want to make sure to keep that on your radar while we've got you in the room. <laughs> I will. I'm looking at it, man. <laughs> yes sir be an honor a privilege to be able to honor you at that particular uh event all right well does anybody see brielle does anybody see brielle no brielle i don't see her i don't see her i don't see her all right all right well let's just keep rocking and she is going to be so upset with herself things? you know that <laughs> i know i know i know how about we Hey, hey, Bill, can you take some questions on? Yeah, let's go. Shared? Let's go. I got let's some good that. Harvard Business play? Review studies pulled up right now. So you guys want to know, they, they studied like 200,000 uh, uh, business owners in this study. And, and then they did a Fortune 500 study on kind of CEO behaviors. I mean, the, the top thing is really around the decisiveness factor. But yeah, I'd be happy to kind of field any questions. Obviously, Grant has a lot more uh, skin in the game than I, but willing to dive into any of the, the research stuff. Well, you just dropped some fire, man. Don't just, don't, uh, you know, don't devalue what you just brought to the table. You, what you brought to the table was fire, thought, thought provoking and things that everybody really discussing that needs to be had. So I appreciate you bringing this to the table. Go ahead and flash those mics. If you've got a question uh, for Bill, and we can dig into this a little bit further. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, Bill, I got to get you on my uh, podcast or anything because I always learn so much from you. And I think you started following Grant a little bit sooner uh, than me. But how long ago did you start your uh, SMB team, that media business? And how long before it was profitable? Because in my journey, I decided to sell Windows, almost started the social media marketing business. Thought, nah, I'm going to invest in software and got all the money and created an app, which Grant will tell you, don't ever create an app and 100% right. Because I burned through a lot of cash trying to do that. Learned a lot, but that's where it was. But my point was, I kind of look at you with your high energy and the thought process and everything. And I was like, man, I wish I just did the social media marketing and just being totally transparent. But how long did you start the SMB team and before it's profitable and how many, how yeah. many team members did it have to be? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, the, the company started three and a half years ago. Grant was a big driving force behind me just cutting the cord with my sales job and starting the business. Um, you know, this year we'll do probably $7 million. Um, so it's our, it's three and a half years now. The target is 8.7. So we're a little below the target. Um, the goal is to do 34.8 million by the end of 2023 and 256 by 2026. We've hit all of our two X year over year revenue goals for three and a half years now. Um, we three X between one of the years, but that's easy when you're below, you know, a couple million, it's way easier to two X. Um, but yeah, so it's three and a half years. We have 25 full-time employees um, right now. 
the first year was the most profitable year. So I, I, I don't understand this, this myth that people say that it's like, you got to struggle your first year. I, I mean, <laughs> I wish I had the profit margins I had in my first year. Um, you know, cost of goods sold raises, you know, you, you get more, your payroll skyrockets. You know, we spent $150,000 on marketing last month alone, uh, which is a lot for me. So it's like, you know, the, the margins are going lower as, as we get bigger. Um, it, that's what I'm finding. And that's why we just hired a COO uh, to, who's already kind of scaled a business past 30 million. So, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't have all the answers. I need to build a great team at this point because I'm, you know, I keep joking with my team, like I'm done. I can't, <laughs> you know, I, I can only pitch so much. You know, I can only do so many webinar pitches. And, I, you know, we need, we need an operating infrastructure to go to the next level. Um, and we got to build out business models that are more sustainable than me just pitching on webinars. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, it's not, it's not all fun though. I mean, you know, Grant, I'm sure will attest to, I mean, I, I didn't have a good day yesterday. You know, I, I freaked out at my team. I felt like a, a bad leader, you know, and, and I came home like kind of mad with how I, kind of freaked out about stuff and you know it's it's you know it's all it's all great and you know i can come off inspirational on breakfast with champions but it's it's all personal work it's all like how do i manage my you know the the craziness you know um but yeah so year one we did four hundred sixty-six thousand. year two we did a hundred uh 1.45 million year three we did around four million um and then, yeah, this year we'll do around seven ish as we're currently projected. Um, yeah. So that the, I, I, Bill, would, you, I would, Hey Bill, you can do yeah. more. Don't tell you, don't tell, you can do more and there's nothing wrong with you blowing up on your people every once in a while. Why do you say and you, that? And you, you say it's good. A little bit of fear. You mean? No, no, not to scare people. Just like, bro, when you're frustrated, you know, you've told people what you expect and they're not stepping up. Uh, yeah, you ought to blow up in their face. And because what's going to happen is you're going to replace them. You're going to bring in new people and they're going to be like, dude, why didn't you tell me? Uh, yeah, I did tell you. Remember when I was blowing my head off? So, like, when I'm disappointed, everybody's going to know it. Why, why wouldn't they? When, I, when, I'm, when I'm proud, they're going to know it too. So why is it, why is it all cool when I'm like, oh, great job, but then I'm the criminal in my own mind, the bad guy, when I'm like, God dang, I'm disappointed with myself, you guys, the whole team. Why wouldn't I be? Do you have a recent flip out you had on Jared or someone? I had one yesterday on Ryan Seco. almost <laughs> ripped his head off. And he deserved it, by the way. So now when I go too far, you know, like, like then that's about me correcting, but, but I, he, he deserved it. It's a, it was a big deal. It's, you know, look, sometimes these deals get so big. You can't like, you know, everybody's like, I want to learn from my mistakes. There's a point in where you cannot learn from your mistakes because the mistake will crush you and everyone around you. So I hear this thing all the time about I'm learning, I'm learning from my mistakes and yeah, well, that's great. But at some point, you guys got to understand there's some mistakes you cannot make. You understand? You, you, you can't. When you're on a balcony and you're 50 stories high, 
you don't, that's one you don't want to learn from. And, and, and people need to really take that approach with their business, with money, with relationships, with people. There's people that you have in your life that are as dangerous as that 50, 50 story balcony because they're going to cause you problems in your life. So I got a question for you, Grant, on this. And yes, Jeff, I'm, I'm turning this because I, I got questions, too. Uh, so like one one thing I, I just want to ask you, Grant, is once you get past survival, like I, I was excited, you know, we, we, we got we we have a million dollars in our operating account. I felt like, you know, I felt like we're broke. Um, but my team, my CFO is really excited about it. And I'm like, dude, I need different reasons. Like, like I need a different reason to go to the next level. How, how did you find, like, does a catastrophe need to happen? Is that the unfortunate truth? Like does some crazy bad thing need to happen? That's going to like a 2008 type thing. That's going to force someone to go to that next level when their survival needs are met. Like what, what's the, how do you tap into the motivation when your survival needs are met to go to that 10 or hundred X level? Well, well I, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what that means. Your survival, like, I, I don't know what that means. Right. So I, I know what it means for me. Like when, when I think about my survival, I don't think about money. You know, I think about what am I, what am I trying to accomplish personally? And like when I told you guys earlier, man, when I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And, and so when I made a statement once, I said, look, I'm going to get 7 billion people to know my name. I'm a little short on that number right now. I got to tell you, I'm like, you know, if, if <laughs> I'm going to need you to 10 X your activities, Grant, you're uh, exactly you're <laughs> up short, brother. <laughs> how, how, how do I get 7 billion people to know me when I'm like, I'm not in Africa. I'm not in Nigeria. I'm not in, you know, uh, uh, Iran, you know, so how do I do that? Well, I mean, I, could, I don't actually have to go there to get that done, but I got to do a lot more than what I'm doing. So <clears throat> I think, Bill, you're talking about finances, right? Oh, the house is paid for. Is that true, Bill? The house is paid for? Well, yeah, we, I, I don't I won't buy a house. But yeah, the, the bottom line is, yeah, like we're, you know, I'm, I'm making a lot of money comparatively speaking right now. So how do you go yeah. to the next yeah, level? Because you get rid of it. You, you need to get rid of the money. You need to get rid of the money and you need to quit thinking seven million dollars is a big thing because it's not. It's it's, you know, your next target has to be 70 million and or seven million dollars a month. So you got, you, you have to be like, you need some people around you like, Bill, you could do more than 7 million a year, bro. You bragging about $7 million a year. I don't even know how you live on that. Like I'm ashamed. I was stro stroking you earlier saying how great a guy you are. <laughs> I want to take all that back. I want to take it all back and, and tell people, I don't even know you. I'm actually about to leave your room. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. See, see what I'm saying? Like, you need to get around some people where you're like, they're like, dude, please quit patting yourself on the back. Okay. It's a waste of time. You've done nothing. So, the, the, you know, the gentleman that was talking, like, he, he saw, he's seen your growth and he, he, other people see you doing well and they're going to give you the little accolades, right? And that, then you're going to start settling and thinking you're the shit. It's called Country Club Rich. And, and we all know the Country Club, the guy or gal that, that they got the big job, high paying job. 
they pay off their their two cars, maybe their little house in the in the in the neighborhood. They got taken care of their kids, but that's it. It's over now. And man, the sadness and the grief and the and the uh, you know the the burnout. Now it starts kicking in because it's like, why am I going to work anymore? I'm all set. But it's selfish. It's really selfish money. So. That's what I would tell you, bro. Like, I don't know. I had to look at your finances, but where, where do you live, Bill? I'm in Philly, Philadelphia. You're in Philly. Dude, why don't we move the family down to 10X headquarters, man? Pull your business up into mine. That's, turn, that's what turn I'm this thinking, in, man. Turn, turn, this into a, turn this into a 70 million. Every, every quarter, we pop $70 million. Let, let's do 70, it, man. I, I've, I've done 10x 360 and everything, so I've I know what you've done, man. I know, no, it's it, you. You've been in a, you know. See, you're the kind of guy I could partner with because I know you'd show up every day. And then you get around me, bro. You'll never be satisfied. You'll be like, dang, I got to get it, dude. I'm smiling ear to ear right now. This is exactly what I needed to hear. Smiling? What are you doing? Smiling? Place. You should be on there booking a flight. Let's go. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say you should be packing. All right. All right. I got a webinar, but after that, I can do it. Hey, Bill, this is King. I'm jumping in right quick. Listen, that's the reason you blew up, because you're not satisfied. You're totally dissatisfied. You got so much more inside of you. Go for it. Do it. <laughs> what do I even say? He said, <laughs> I don't know how to grow faster. It's just like, it's pretty, it's pretty insane. Like I'm 29 years. I, 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 just, hey, don't, Bill, Bill, I stop, just don't know. Stop already. Listen to your voice. Grant just gave you the solution. You don't have no problem. <laughs> Man, I love being on the hot seat. This is fun. Hey, hey, Bill, take your place at that banquet table. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to Miami. I'll see you guys there. Yeah, Boom. there you go. Boom. We'll, fo we'll follow on. That's what's up, Bill. Do that. Do it. You might want to be careful, though. I think Grant said he was in Houston when he started the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Damn. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I, I honestly don't know what to say because I feel like I'm not credible. I'm not. I'm. I, I don't have the credibility factor because I'm broke. No, don't say that. That's not Get on that plane. I need to say, you guys don't need, you guys should not be so supportive. You should be like, hey, Bill. hey, Bill, Bill, listen, listen, brother. And then I'll let Sarah speak. Um, like, I think something that we do as human beings that I feel like you're doing right now or experiencing right now is we we lose sight of the fact that we are doing others a service when we allow them to elevate us. So like Grant, his whole mission now, what drives him, you asked like, cause he's financially secure, right? Like he's not gonna have to worry about his rent next month or, or anything like that. He's financially secure. And so what fuels Grant now, and we all see it, is elevating others, helping people grow their businesses, allowing people to invest in real estate properties that they wouldn't be able to invest in if it wasn't for him. 
He's creating these 10x experiences. He's creating these workshops. He's adding jobs. So like he's finding fuel and purpose by elevating those that have yet to reach the level that he's been able to reach, right? So when you say, I don't feel, you know, worthy or credible or I'm broke, well, then you are the perfect and ideal person to be able to add value into Grant's life by allowing him to pour into you and elevate you. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So you're in the right role. More value in the role. Glenn cutting up for you guys? Or is that yeah, yeah, I thought it was just me. Yeah, Glenn. No, he's, he's in the matrix. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was saying the last thing I said is you provide a service by allowing him to be of service. And then I'll pass it to Sarah on that. Thank you so much. Yeah, Bill, I also wanted to jump in when you're saying you're broke. I love hearing Grant pour into you and motivate you and give you a kick in the pants. But I do think that since we want everyone to have a seat at the table, I also want to be aware of everyone in the room who is at a different stage in the journey. People who are aspiring, people who are maybe just starting their business, people who um, are at a fraction of where you're at. And I don't want anyone to feel condescended to. Um, so I just want to take a moment to honor people at all stages that they should all get that kick in the pants to level up to the next level. But I don't think that we should stand up here on stage and call ourselves broke at $7 million. If there are people who are maybe just starting their business there and we want everyone in this room to feel encouraged, to feel that they need to dream bigger. They need to push harder, but I just want to honor everyone at every stage of their business, that they're valuable, that they're growing. Um, and that, you know, they're welcome on the, on the stage and at the table. I'm done speaking. Sarah, can I interject with that as well? I think Heck it's yeah. the knowing that this is actually not a, you know, I don't think that's Bill's heart at all. And I know you're not saying that. It's the knowing that there is an invitation in this experience. And Bill is allowing us to see the vulnerability that exists in in any level, in any stage. And he's asking us to level up, even in the expression of vulnerability. And so $7, 700, 7,000, 7 million, 7 billion, right? It's about impact, it's about mission. And Grant's mission is far beyond his family. It's not even about the legacy of his children. It's about our children's children. And so getting the good money in the good hands, like we talked about at the consortium, I always say that word wrong, um, good money in good hands, it's more than that. It's actually to make great impact. It's not just to come into our sphere and Bill's literally saying, I'm uncomfortable. I have imposter syndrome. How can I step into that? And he's going to do it and he's going to do it well and he might fail in the process and we're going to be here. This is like history right here in the making is realizing that somebody is vulnerable and now they're saying yes and then they're going to soar thereafter. Fear and faith coexist. Bill, I want to see your Miami residence on your Instagram soon. <laughs> Yeah, it's already, it's already in the goals, so it's already in the goals. I've been writing it down every day for, like, years, so Grant Grant telepathically knew that. Hey, and I, I just want to be sure everybody understands that I, I was it, – it, my conversation was with Bill. It was not with everyone here. You, you got to listen to it, and if you feel condescended on upon or put down because of my conversation with Bill, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to Bill. And for the rest of you, I would tell you, 
change your mind about what you think enough is, number one. And number two, change your mind about what you're capable of. And three, never make sense of where you're at if you're not where you should be. Greg Cardone, this is Solana Rich. And I just want to jump in here real quick because I've been wanting to talk to you since um, before I met Glenn Lundy, since before time. But I started over in my business at 48 years old and I'm 50 now and it hasn't been an easy road. Bill, I am so proud of you right now. I'm so um, elated from this conversation, period. But um, I have an online directory, which I'm building out and it's one person at a time. I watched uh, Undercover Billionaire, and I seen you pull up with a hundred dollars in all that you a were hundred, a hundred, right? $100. And you didn't, and you didn't have to do that. And you showed us so many principles and so many keys that make me want to just keep going and pursuing what I'm doing. But yeah, at the same you. time, if you don't surround yourself with champions and people, because that's what you did. You said you went to the top. You went, you got in that city and you found out who was doing it and you linked up with them. So I'm opening up my mic today because I'm out here for generational blessings. I was on the call when um, when you and Tim's story got on that IG and the next day he came on there and two thousand over 2,000 people bought his book. I was there on, on the call on IG when you went to the school with the kids and I want to be in a part of my life to be a philanthropist and give back. So I just wanted to reach out and, and talk to you from my heart and you guys, I love you guys. I love this room and I wouldn't believe that I could keep going without you, but I definitely need help too. So my name is Solana Rich and I'm just getting started, but I definitely, um, I definitely need some poor. That's where I'm at. Grant Cardone, Glenn Lundy. Grant's doing a big bench press right now. Just a. <laughs> Solana, I loved that share. I loved your share. Thank you so much for unmiking and sharing that. That was. Hey, Bill. Yeah, yeah sorry, I, I cut out. I was just. Solana real quick. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, Glenn. Thank you for unmiking for sure. You're back in the matrix, Glenn. Right, not the yes. matrix right now. All right. Hey, can I say a couple things to you, Bill? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. The one and only David Spizak. What's up, brother? What's up, man? Hey, I'm going to tell you just a couple things <clears throat> that it's really important. And, and for everybody out there, and I said this a few months ago, but it bears repeating again, especially now. Uh, people want to slow you down when they can't keep up. Don't ever forget that. People want to slow you down when they can't keep up. So you shouldn't be regulating where you're going, what you're doing, your intensity, your activities, based on whether somebody else is comfortable with where you are. And, and that's number one. And number two, uh, from me to you, you know, you're in the you're in the danger zone, I think. You know, you're doing really, really well. And sometimes when we're doing really, really 100%. well, I call that you're you're in the danger zone because you know, you're young and you started to experience some success. You're experiencing success that a large percentage of the population hasn't experienced. And because of that, there's gonna be times in your life that you're going to be fooled into saying, Man, I'm good and I know you're intense. 
I know you've got energy. I know you got focus. But trust me, this is kind of a secret little, I don't want to call it a disease, but ah, it kind of is mentally. I mean, mind-wise, a disease where you sit there and you actually subconsciously start taking your foot off the gas pedal. You're not the same. You said, hey, the profitability was so much better. Uh, now, I was just sharing with somebody yesterday, you know, what the hell good does it do to do two times the money if you're doing the same amount of profit or less? That doesn't, what, what good does that do? So you're helping other people, whether it's suppliers or services or employees, you know, get ahead and that's great. But you can, you're going to have to be the one that's the horse that's in the lead. So, uh, Grant, I think, and good morning to you, Grant. It's great to see you. It was phenomenal. Anybody that wasn't at that, the real estate, uh, 2,000 people in Miami last week, man, you missed it. Get on get on it. you got to figure out how to get on to the next one because there's 2,000 people in this world that are a lot closer to where they want to be. But one of the things we talked about is, is – I don't know when did it become not okay to be disappointed. You've got to become disappointed in where you are. And you constantly have to check that. If you're ever sitting back and leaning back in your chair and going, shit, man, I'm there. I'm good. You're on your way out or you're on your way down. So it's important to be able to healthy. It's healthy to express your disappointment in where you are. Because even when I celebrate, I had the best years of my life. Every year I have the best year of my life. I do something I never did before. I'm going to celebrate for 10 or 15 minutes. And then I'm going to be disappointed because I'm going to look up and go, well, why aren't I there? Why aren't I there? And that's going to be my next goal. My current celebration is now the bottom of the ocean. And the next day, I promise you, I'm kicking my own behind. I'm disappointed. And everybody around, I don't really care what everybody else around me is doing. That's not my thing. That's not my responsibility in terms of my own actions. Now, everybody on here knows I'll coach people. I do it every other week to be able to help people get there. But listen, you're, nobody can want this more than you. And you're at a really important uh, crossroads in your life right now. Trust me. I've seen a million people do well, get to that country club level, or flatten out and become irrelevant. And you don't want to become irrelevant. You don't want to be, hey, do you remember Bill Hauser two years ago on Breakfast <laughs> of the Champions? Now, Bill Hauser, you remember what he, now he's down in the audience. Now he's not even on the stage because he's not even relevant. You've got to maintain your own relevance by having that level of disappointment by calling yourself out on the carpet the way you called your people out on the carpet. And then you've got to set that goal, get that intensity, and keep going to that next level. Or trust me, you're going to be massively disappointed 5 or 10 or 15 years ago when you are talking to your friends about how you used to be the high school quarterback who did the winning play. This can't be the last chapter. There's got to be more. Yeah. <laughs> David, it's it's Hannah. I just want to quickly say something that you said to me probably a month ago because it's clearly stuck with me. Um, you told me that the only thing scarier than the fear of failure, the only thing greater than the fear of failure is the fear of success. And I think that that really applies right now. Yeah, it does, man. It's um, People, fear of failure is real. Fear of failure 
you know, sometimes people say imposter syndrome, but the fear of not doing something, you know, that can be corrected by turning into turning into the storm and just repeating that. You know, that could be but fear of success, not having the not holding yourself accountable, not believing that you're worth 10 million, 20 million, 100 million. If you look at those numbers and it makes you cringe or you look at that and you think, "Man, I could never do that." You need to start having a serious talk with yourself because the only person that can hold you back is you. Period. And, you know, the thing is, is that, uh, you, you know, you look at uh, Grant, when Alvin came up on the stage uh, to speak, I don't know if Grant's still here, is he still here? Yeah, when, when Alvin came up on the stage in Miami last week and speak, I mean, every day that we're out there and we're talking to ourselves, every day that we're out there and trying to figure out if now's the right time, every day we're out there and we're saying, oh, I don't know exactly how to do that. There's other people around you that are doing it. And I was mentioning to somebody that, listen, I hate the term incremental growth. Oh, I went up, we're up 5%, we're up 10%. You talked about the fact you doubled in one year, but now guess what? You're competing against yourself. And a lot of times, People don't give up when they're competing against the competition, <clears throat> but they compete. They give up when they start having to compete against their own level of success. Because each time, each level, each each uh, time you get up on the ladder, now you have to beat that number, right? And so, I'm telling you, it's this is a critical point in time. And you know whether you go to Miami or not. If I was you, at what are you, Bill? Twenty eight, twenty nine. 27 what are you 29 29 okay bill birthday 29 then i got no excuses when i'm 30 no man you gotta you seriously you gotta this is this is an inflection point and this is one of those times where you are going to look back and say hey i could have done this but i did this instead you got to make that move because one thing i could tell you what if you can't figure out how to leverage disappointment Go work for Mr. Cardone. <laughs> and he, will, he will kick your butt. He will remind you of what you can be and what you should be. And there's just no reason. In the year 2021, uh, and I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but you guys know I've got, you, I've got your, your best interest at heart. In the year 2021, in the greatest country in the world, with everything that's around you, with technology that's around you, there is absolutely no reason. It is now officially optional. It's optional. When you could go to Grant Cardone's course and learn how you can create generational wealth and you don't have to have money, you don't have to have a degree, you don't have to have anything. You need to have knowledge and you need to activate that knowledge. In the year 2021, it is officially now optional whether you're successful or not. It's up to you. Optional means you make the choice. So you just got to make that choice. You got to pack up the family, get down to Miami, and, and start kicking your butt all the way up to 10 million, 100 million, and beyond. I wish you the best. I wish everybody the best. Cricket, cricket, cricket. Oh man. Oh man. And if you all are not on David Spisak's absolutely complimentary coaching program,
this is the perfect time for me to tell you, jump on it. It is fantastic. The man is unbelievably generous with his time, his knowledge, his wisdom. It's crazy town. If you are not on that thing, jump on it. This is Monica in the Turquoise Circle. I'm complete. And this is Manny Cabo as a musician. I know a mic drop when I hear it, and that's all I've been hearing this whole morning. So I appreciate everyone in this room. Thank you. Hey, Bill, this is Renee Noor. Let me share with you what's so phenomenal about what happens with the Grant Cardone team. They are just like nothing else. I had the opportunity of sitting on the stage when Grant came in the room on February and he made me jump to action. I took my team to Miami within two weeks and it changed our life. Okay, it really did. Not only did we start taking things to massive action, we definitely read the 10X rules and it has constantly continued on making us increase everything that we do. You just have to jump, Bill. And you know what? Everything else will take on new precedence. It's your time. It's your season. Take action. It's Renee Noor, and I'm loving you. Damn, look at what Grant started. Hey, Bill, this is Billionaires here. I just want to say... You know, you are such an incredible individual. I've listened to you every week pour into the Breathstone Champions um, uh, room. And it's just, I didn't know you were only 29 years old. <laughs> so that was the first thing. And I'm like, who is this guy with all this wisdom? You are just simply amazing. Just know that the time is now. And like Glenn said earlier, yes, you can. Just keep repeating that. Yes, you can. Um, forget about the webinar. You, you should be on that plane right now. <laughs> I'm complete. <laughs> no, no, you need to do that webinar. Do that webinar. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I need to because I know my conversion rates on them. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely do the webinar, Mr. You got to be reliable, right? You got to be reliable. And, are, and so am I getting a good signal now? Can you guys hear me okay? Perfect. Yes. yes. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. One of the things I wanted to say to Solana when she was speaking earlier, uh, first of all, I'm proud of you for opening your mic and speaking up and uh, connecting with Grant in that way. Uh, but the second thing I don't want anyone to miss. So she talked about undercover billionaire and how Grant took a hundred, turned it into millions and how he got in with influential people, got around the right people, so on and so forth, right? But what I want to make sure that Solana sees is that he got there through sales. So Grant has been learning, studying, and training sales for 40 years. And so he was able to sell those people on the idea that he was trustworthy, sell those people on the idea that he was reliable, sell those people on the idea that investing in him would be a smart investment. He used very specific word tracks and strategies in order to be able to move as fast as he was able to move. So my suggestion to you, Solana, is you have the vision, you have the passion, you want to reach 50,000 people with your company and you're willing to do whatever it takes to get there. But what you might be missing if you're struggling to break through is sales skills. 
And so the smartest investment you might make right now, and like David Spizak said, it's great because we're in 2021, is to spend hours and hours and hours and hours practicing your craft, practicing the, the ability and the art of sales. And that ultimately is going to help you reach and achieve your goals. Sales is everything. And I know a lot of people are afraid of that word. They stay away from that word. It's got negative connotations associated, whatever. Dude, if you can't sell, you will not be able to climb into a place of financial wealth. If you can't sell, you're not going to be able to climb into a place of familial wealth, right? You got to sell your spouse on the fact that they should spend their lives with you. You got to sell your kids on the facts that they should, they should listen to you and learn from you. So without sales, we got nothing. So I just wanted to make sure we don't glaze over that. Grant didn't just walk in. He's got 40 years of sales skills. You know what I'm saying? So lean in on those sales skills, work on those. I think that's a message for everybody in the room. If you're not at the level that you want to be at currently, you've got to work on sales skills. And there are videos, there are trainings, Grant's got books, there's, I mean, all of it, anything you need. It's accessible for free on the internet. And then when you're ready to go deeper, obviously there's additional things that you can do. So I just want to put that out there. Don't miss the sales piece of what he did. Would you agree, Grant? David? Yeah. Hey, you know, I was going to ask yeah. you, Brian, I, I love that. And he, he, listen, when you're selling, you have two things you have to sell. I, and I think it would help if you touched on this, uh, Glenn, or, or when Grant comes back. But there's two things you have to sell. One is you. The other is your product or service, right? And if, and if you have a fear, a hesitation about selling, you know, either you've got that hesitation, uh, lack of confidence, lack of conviction, lack of belief in you, or it's your product. You need to identify which it is, and if it's both, that's okay. It can be corrected. The more prepared you are, <clears throat> this is a lot of it. You were just talking about knowledge. The, the more prepared you are, the more knowledgeable you are, the more that that fear will dissipate. And so it's really important if you're not <clears throat> investing in yourself. I was actually going to talk about this during my hour, but <clears throat> I'll give you a little preview. If you're not investing, if you're not putting in the time to invest in yourself, if you're not strengthening yourself from a knowledge standpoint, if you don't know your product better than anybody else, and if you don't have that level of conviction in yourself, if you don't literally believe, if I don't sell this to you, I'm doing you a disservice. I am on a mission. It's not about the money. It's about the mission that I need to get this to you. I need you to have this. I need you <clears throat> to use my service <clears throat> because it's in your intelligent best interest. And if I don't do that, I have not just failed me. I've failed you. But you've got to understand and take inventory of whether you have that level of belief in yourself. The more selling knowledge, selling experience, selling training you have, the better and easier that's going to get. Can you separate those two, Glenn's confidence in yourself or confidence in the product? Yeah, you know, comp confidence comes from competence, <laughs> right? It's just like riding a bike, man. You're scared to death, scared to death, scared to death, scared to death. They take the training wheels off. You're scared to death. Don't let go. Don't let go, daddy. Don't let go of the seat. Don't let go of the seat. Then you let go of the seat. You fall down a couple of times. 
And then all of a sudden it clicks, right? And then once it clicks, now all of a sudden you, because you are competent in the ability to ride a bike, now you have confidence. Now you start popping wheelies. Now you start riding no hands, right? Now you start taking your feet off the pedals. You start putting down the ramps so that you can do different jumps and whatnot, right? And so it's the exact same thing in the world of sales as you get more competent with the skills, as you practice more, as you get the word tracks, as you understand tone and inflection, as you understand the art of communication, distance, duplication, all of these things, as you start to understand the human psyche, the psychology behind sales. When you start to understand all of those things, now you can start freaking popping wheelies, riding no hands and freaking doing all of those things as you continue to work on your craft and continue to develop them. So confidence comes from competence. It's the only way that you can get it. And that confidence is something that other humans can feel. They can kinetically feel. It's the way you carry your shoulders. It's the way you look intently with your eyes. It is the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you strut. All of these things are picked up energetically like or kinesthetically, right, from people. It's not just about the words. Actually, in very few cases, is it the words? Now, objections, word tracks, those types of things, they're definitely there. But I have been in many situations, especially in the car business, many situations where two people say the exact same thing one gets the result and one doesn't and it comes down to the kinetic feel that that person has the confidence that that person has in you that ultimately allows them to make a decision to invest in you your product etc 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 is that helpful david i want to add to what what you're saying there glenn is when i started my on my first sales job before i ever made a sale I bought Cardone University. I was completely in debt. Um, I wrote down the goal that I would make $400,000 in my first job ever. I was 24 at the time. I told my sales manager that he literally laughed at me in the interview like for like <laughs> about a minute. Imagine someone laughing at you for like 60 straight seconds. Like couldn't even gain his composure when I told him that. And I didn't hit the target. Um, I made 264000 um, and I became number one in the, in the business. And literally the only reason I did that is because I invested before I was ready. I bought Cardone University. I think I got it for like $5,000 or something. Like I got like the full individual price at the time. My mom thought it was crazy. So I, I would just completely attest to. Now, here's the funny thing is like Grant in Cardone University it's kind of like what you just said, Glenn, if you've taken, I know you've taken Carter University, Grant's confidence flows through every single training, right? And it's almost like I was taking Carter University when I did my first sales job. And I was just trying to be like Grant, like I was just like being flowy and on my tiptoes and kind of like moving around a little more loose. I wasn't even using the scripts. I was just feeling like at least I had a plan, at least I had an answer, at least there was some, some model I could follow or at least feel like I was following. So I completely second to what you're saying, Glenn, is like that emotional conviction. Like for example, Glenn, when you opened my summit in front of a couple hundred people, I called you minutes before 
And I was like, dude, I need you to open the summit. And you're like, yeah, man, it's cool. No preparation. And you inspired everyone. We got glowing reviews when you opened that summit and no preparation. You just felt good and you transferred that to the audience. True or false? Would you agree? 100%, man, 100%. So, I mean, it's you got to feel well, good, guys. I, Bill, I heard when you, um, when you did your second, no, your first webinar and you did, I think you said two people signed up and then it just escalated from there. So how did you get over I think you said that you spent a lot of money to put on that event and everything. And I'm just, you know, just breaking through the barriers of, of starting over and getting my confidence back from all of the, the time that it took me to develop what it is, this Black Book Unites online directory, like to bring the people together and promote and highlight their businesses. Like that's, um, that's what I'm working on. So could you elaborate on that? So yeah, my first webinar ever, I made like $400,000. It was actually insane uh, and could, could be luck. But the webinar you're referring to was a webinar that I held like I think six months ago that was like a flop on day one. Um, and that was one of the hardest mental comebacks I've ever had to make was basically the day one, we're used to getting like, you know, 20 to 30 signed clients on day, on day one of a summit. And we got two. So literally what I did was I came home and tried to forget everything I did. And I just watched the replay tape, like a, like a, like a sports athlete would. And I just watched my behavior and I immediately realized that my body posture, that I was just like lean forward. I was talking with low energy. So I just scrapped everything I was doing on day one. And then we had a really good comeback plan on day two and day three. Um, but it was just how short of a memory can I possibly have here? Because whatever I did on day one of that event did not work. Um, so it was just, you know, Kobe Bryant says, uh, you know, one of the greatest gifts he was ever granted was a short memory, you know? That's good. That's the bounce back. Okay. Green Rising, may I ask a question? Yes, please. So Solana, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you um, and I hear that you have a product, but I'm yet to really hear what your product is and how I can support you. Can you elaborate a little bit of what your ask is? Thank you, Chess Destiny. Yes, I, I have a Black Book Unites online directory where my goal is to highlight, promote, and bring together 50,000 people on one platform in order for us to rise to another level in our businesses. And when you sign up, not only are you highlighting your business, but everybody on the list. So there's a, a part where you have your picture, your description. I have a podcast. So to speak on the podcast and all of your links are right there on the Black Book Unites online directory. I've been pretty much misplaced in a sense since I started this mission when I closed my salon in um, October of 2019. And I just really need 100 people to really start this list 
uh, and solidify it and get to talking about what it is that you're doing because it has brought me so much passion when people's businesses are successful or aren't. I know that we always have to be promoting. We all always have to be marketing and we all always have to be um, up leveling. So that's what the Black Book Unites online directory was uh, created for in my business. I worked hard and I learned how to work hard and kind of like what um, Grant Cardone, what, what your, I believe it was your father, you know, just says, save the money, just save the money. And you came back with, you have to save the money and invest. Our family just never learned. And I, I mean, I, knowledge is knowing and understanding, but until you apply it, you know, so that's where I, I close my business. Cause I'm like, this is never going to get me where I'm going, where I know I'm called to be. And I, and it's to help a lot of people. So that's, that's where I created the black book unites online directory to be in, in the e-commerce and just the beginning of getting it started. So I just have to sign up at least a hundred people within the next 10 days in order to really even just a hundred people in 10 days is not a lot when you're talking to Grant Cardone. I mean, like, you know, like I know it's not impossible. Alana, where do they go and how much does it cost? Thank you. It's a hundred dollars for, for two years. So it's just a little over $4 a month to Solana richunites.com and push the join here button and all of the information is right there and it is coming together one person at a time and um and i'm just grateful for this opportunity i'm grateful for everything everybody has poured into me on this morning and bill i know it's not just about me it's the whole the whole group of us collectively but when you're starting out and people are talking to you like you're never going to do that. Like you said, laughing in your face and telling you what you should have, could have, would have did. I know that it's still way more people. I mean, like to not ask people for direction if they don't know the way. So that's why I opened up my mic. And thank you, Glenn Lindy. Thank you. Thank you, everybody on here. Hey, Solana. Yes. David, one of my one of my favorite man, I, I'm pulling for you. I'm cheering for you. Um, but you know, one of my favorite expressions, uh, quotes, is don't confuse wishes with wants. When you wish for something, we yes. wait for it to come to us. When we want something, we go get it. And so when, when you hear Grant talk about 10X, okay, the thing that's really, if people haven't gone through 10X or read 10X, what the, what what's really cool about 10X is I mentioned being successful is now optional in this year. Well. It is optional too with, with 10X because it's really just a simple numbers game. And if you just simply amplify this message 10 times more than you've been doing it, if you make 10 times as many calls, if you multiply uh, the number of rooms that you go into, simply if you do nothing else, Solana, I want you to go out and multiply the number of rooms that you go out and you get that message out to people. Just get that one message you just shared. And I'd be willing to bet in 30 days or less that not only do you get that hundred, but that you get multiples potentially of that hundred. Blow your own mind. I'm hearing a need for a mindset shift too, Solana. So, I mean, I can definitely DM you, but the story you're telling is kind of 
projected out to those whom you are seeking business and partnerships from. So let I think I think it'd be great for you to also be mindful of that as well. But I'll inbox you, okay? Absolutely. Thank you, Naida. And David Spiza, excuse me. Wait, I'm I am in your um I am in your master class and I am definitely working on it. So that that does help. And even just me unmiking today, you do not even know what it, that took on the inside. But I believe it's um that is progression. That um so if you give yourself credit, but I mean this is this is phenomenal. Give yourself credit for unmiking. You know, you unmiked because your level of belief in yourself, your your level of belief in your mission, somehow went up. Something activated, something triggered. It went up, and it made you hit that button. Your finger put went on that mic. You unmiked, and you got it out there. So if you did that, you could do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. Keep keep doing that. You're gonna kill it. And by the way, I think you're underpricing yourself, but that's just me. I think what's going to happen is you're going to get those hundred people and then you're going to go, Hmm, I should double that price. And what that's going to do is two things. It's going to make the people that are the hundred people that signed up instantly, their value went up, their ROI went up. But the other thing you're going to do is you're going to have the confidence because you have those hundred people to go, man, if I, if a hundred people signed up for this, I'm going to keep putting the price higher and higher and higher. This is this is excellent. I can see you guys are signing up, and I just um, Megan, Miss Megan, I see you on, on my. Solana, and David, and Glenn, and Grant. I just have to share something. I'm in the car driving. Someone's driving me to the airport to fly back to Texas, and I had the opportunity to share some time and space with Solana this weekend, and Solana. The courage that you have is extraordinary. You're so articulate, you're so bright, and but that courage is just shining that light. I agree, Glenn, it takes competence to build that confidence, but without courage, it doesn't happen. So bless you, girl. I'm so proud of you. Keep going. I love it, I love it. All right, Solana, give them the website one more time in case they weren't paying attention. Solana, Rich, I am United States. I'm sorry, say that again. The mic was going, somebody else's mic was going in and out. Okay, it's Solana, Rich, Unites.com, and it is in my profile and on my Instagram. So thank you so much. Thank you, thank you for everybody. You bet. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.